6,562 photos. Wow, there was a lot stored on this phone. Diane scrolled back through albums, seeing herself in college, at her first full-time job, and that marvelous summer trip to New England. She looked closely at her body in the photos where it was visible, and she was surprised. She didn't look fat, but she could remember the diet she was on during each of these phases. Actually, there was one period of time when she was not on a diet. She had read a non-diet book, and it made her feel bold, like she wanted to quit dieting. But then she ended up binging on cookies, pizza, beer, and ice cream every single day. In four weeks, she gained 11 pounds and felt terrible. Not a single photo from that month, she noticed. She couldn't stand how gross she had felt, and one day she just went straight from finishing a fast food meal into a weight loss center and signed up on the spot. Why did those seem like the only two options? Binging on everything in sight, or being on a weight loss plan? There had to be another option. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about that other option. I'll explain what it looks like to eat healthfully without stressing over needless details. Eating this way while you recover from binge eating will give you the best of both worlds. You have the freedom and flexibility of not being on a diet, but you also have the positive feelings that come from not binging and taking care of yourself. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. In a previous episode called How to Schedule a Day of Binge-Free Eating, I described one of the earliest lessons we use with our coaching clients. The very first week, we start our clients off by tasking them to eat on a regular schedule three meals, plus two or three snacks, so a total of five or six eating occasions every day. This frequent eating pattern helps avoid excess hunger and distress, which can lead to binge urges. Plus, it sets up a calmer mindset, knowing that food isn't scarce. After all, you'll be eating again in just a few hours, so you don't need to get it all in now. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, check it out after you finish this one. You may also have heard our episode titled, Why Weight Maintenance and the Problem with No. In that one, I discuss the importance of not being in a calorie deficit during the initial stages of breaking up with binge eating. Most clients who work with us really want to lose weight, and we reassure them it's totally doable and will help you, but not until after we focus on stopping binges. I like to say that trying to lose weight while still having episodes of binge eating or emotional eating is like trying to take off skinny pants without first removing your shoes. You have to start with what's blocking you, otherwise you don't get anywhere. Then you can get the pounds off, or in this metaphor, your pants. For the first three months of the program, we have to make a lot of mental and behavioral changes and alleviate the stress on your body and mind. A calorie deficit gets in the way of successfully kicking the binge to the curb. Again, if you haven't heard that episode, please go check it out so you have the full picture. Eating for weight loss is something our clients are really well-versed in. They know those skills. You watch your portions, count calories, don't eat food that's deep-fried, order the dressing on the side, don't eat out of the boxer bag. It's all very familiar, right? It's actually difficult to stop trying to lose weight. As many of our clients have said, they're used to being in, quote, weight loss mode or quote, screw it mode. And the idea of 
being in a mode where they care about their nutrition but aren't trying to cut calories is tough to wrap our minds around. In some ways, weight maintenance can seem like it calls for dieting less hard. In other words, maybe you just cheat on your diet more often? No, that's not really ideal. Most of our clients have been swinging back and forth between controlling their intake and losing control of their intake. We want to break this whole pendulum swing, not just change the frequency of the tick-tock back and forth. I'd like to invite you to throw out the idea that caring about your nutrition equals controlling your weight. In fact, let's pretend you have not been eating for these last several decades, or that you just forgot how to eat and want to learn from a clean slate. Because I love analogies, I'll toss another one in here for illustration. I love my dog, Lucy. She's a snorty, beautiful French bulldog, and she's a perfectly normal weight. She eats when she's hungry, and she walks past the food bowl when she's not interested. So there's no work for me to do to manage her weight, but I still care about her nutrition. I don't want to feed her junk like treats which are made of chemicals or sugar and man-made fats. I want to make sure she gets enough vitamins and minerals and fiber from her food because I want her to live a long, healthy life. I give her salmon skin when we have a seafood dinner because I want to make sure Lucy gets her omega-3s. And I keep her away from things I know aren't healthy for her, like chocolate or xylitol or chicken bones. We can act with the same love toward ourselves, making sure we get colorful fruits and vegetables, enough fiber and protein and healthy fatty acids, while leaving the impact on our body weight out of the picture. We're going to focus on a three-word phrase today, and that is mostly whole foods. I love the mostly whole foods topic. We cover it in our weight loss coaching groups and not just the binge eating recovery curriculum. Also, we talk about it in sports nutrition because whole foods clearly benefit athletic performance as well. Even on the rare occasions when I present to groups of children, mostly whole foods is literally good for everybody to practice. It seems so simple and basic, but it's actually got a few levels to it. And as our clients discover, It's not all that easy if you've been hyper-focused on the details of what you eat. First, this is a perfect focus for anyone who is scared of gaining weight from eating more often. The idea of three meals plus two or three snacks can freak a person out. Letting go of the paleo, Whole30, keto, or calorie-restricted plan you were following before our program can similarly be terrifying. Letting go of dieting can bring to mind scary visions. What if we just let ourselves go? What if we stop trying to lose weight? Are we going to end up on the couch living off of Cheetos, Pop-Tarts, and takeout? Are we going to be wearing dirty sweats covered by our own crumbs? Take it easy. This simple phrase, mostly whole foods, is your compass. Nobody's weight balloons eating mostly whole foods. This is the guide which is going to keep you out of Cheeto and Pop-Tartville. Having some guidance to help you choose what to eat is reassuring. Second, Eating mostly whole foods is designed to be flexible. You don't have to think, I need to eat 625 grams a day of whole foods. And it's also definitely not, I can eat only whole foods. That would be creating rules for yourself. The beauty of eating mostly whole foods is in its gentle, flexible nature. This is the first time for many of our clients, and maybe the first time for you, of treating yourself with a degree more flexibility instead of choosing more rigidity. Over the years, people tend to choose more and more rigid, structured approaches to their eating, especially if they aren't achieving their weight loss goals or dream body. 
This leads to developing lower and lower trust in ourselves. And when we have low trust for someone, we don't give them a lot of leeway to make judgment calls. If you had an employee, somebody that worked for you, and you didn't trust them, you'd probably give them very specific directives with little room for interpretation, because you don't want them to screw it up. And that's how we treat ourselves when we look for a diet that tells us exactly what to eat with strict, clear rules, like no sugar, no flour. And if you can imagine being that employee, someone who's watched like an eagle, you never get to make any choices, you would probably get grumpy and annoyed. That's how we feel when we're put on a diet with no choices, no flexibility, and no room for us to think and make choices for ourselves. When we follow a diet with strict rules, we have to play both unpleasant roles. We're the boss that doesn't trust our employee to make good decisions, and we're the employee who is strangled by micromanagement and not treated like a smart adult. When Mary Claire and I ask people to try adopting the mantra of mostly whole foods, we know that we're asking for an expression of trust. We're asserting that it's good for you to try trusting yourself just a bit more with making sound decisions. We're asking you to treat yourself like a capable, intelligent adult, because that's what we see in the people we work with. They may have low faith in themselves and not trust their own ability to decide what to eat. But the only way to fix that is to begin by extending some trust. Letting someone make some decisions is how they can earn your trust, and it can grow from there. Third, focusing on eating mostly whole foods is a kind, positive way to look at your meals. It's really nice to remember that you want to give your body nourishing items, not just police it against bad things. So much of the modern messages about nutrition focused on what we're supposed to avoid, limit, or stop. How about focusing on what we want to choose instead? Focusing on the positive leads us to appreciate what we gain from each food we include in our diets. You can think, this food gives me protein. That one is rich in calcium. These are high in fiber and cancer-fighting phytochemicals. You can enjoy the colors and feel good about what you're eating when you're not so concerned about whether your lunch is going to make you fatter. Lastly, mostly whole foods still allows for eating some processed things. Remember that in the big picture, some processed food is totally fine. We just don't want it to be the foundation of our diet. I have some processed foods every day. I love dark chocolate or a protein bar, and sometimes I'll open a can of soup if I don't feel like cooking. None of these things worry me one bit, because I know my diet is heavily biased on mostly whole, unprocessed foods. Give it a try for yourself. To recap some of the key messages about how to eat while you're breaking up with binge eating. For the first three months, plan to eat three meals and two or three snacks a day. Choose a wide variety of foods and don't banish anything for the purposes of weight control. Aim to make most of the foods you eat whole and unprocessed ones, and include a favorite treat about once a day so that you don't feel deprived. Your diet needs to be fun too. While you're not focusing on weight loss, you definitely don't have to go into screw-it mode. Here's something a client just wrote on our Facebook group this morning, which sums it up beautifully. Yesterday, Georgie mentioned to someone about how different it is to put our focus on being healthy instead of losing weight. It's quite a shift, but a freeing one. It feels good. I've been asking myself at the end of the day, what fresh, nourishing foods did you put in your body today? And I've been highlighting the fruits and veggies in my food log with my favorite color of highlighter. I really like focusing on what I'm adding in. Isn't that great? 
I'm Coach Georgie, and I want to thank you for sharing your time with me. If you find this podcast is a helpful support for you, please subscribe and consider leaving a five-star review. I'll see you next time. Thank you.